Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's our own fault, isn't it? We all got too excited. We all got a bit carried away. Got caught up in the razzmatazz of smashing Man United. 6-1 at Old Trafford. And now we're here back on Oh What A Night after Oh What A Blooming Shambles of a last 15 minutes of an evening, <laughs> more than anything. Uh, I'm, I'm Ben Haynes. I'm joined today by Hunter Godson, Dan Kilpatrick and Jude Summerfield to try and dissect and take apart what was a really, really weird game. Just... It was just bizarre. The Premier League continues to throw up these crazy afternoons and evenings. And unfortunately, this time around, it's us that's on the receiving end of the crazy and not on the good side of it. Um, So let's start just by checking how everyone is. I'm assuming you're all sitting there feeling still like you've been punched in the gut (laughs) and and residual sort of pain from Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those where it does make you feel a bit sick. I sort of stood up as the as the ball was flying into the top top corner because uh, <laughs> my mum had said about fifteen minutes before she's like, "Oh, there's no way it can come back here, is there?" And I was like, "I'm not a big believer in uh, in all of that." But leave the room, mum. Yeah, was a bit like, <laughs> thanks, thanks, mum. You could see my dad as well. My dad was like shooting absolute daggers at her. You know, neither of us believe in any of that. But when you say that sort of stuff, it does. I think as a Tottenham fan, maybe there's a different energy to it. <laughs> yeah, that is so accurate. Um, Dan, were you fairly directly behind that shot as well? I was sort of parallel to it. Mm. Uh, you had a tasty view. Yeah, it, it was one of those moments that just seemed kind of slightly surreal because it's more from a work perspective, to be honest. It was a bit like Amsterdam. I couldn't really enjoy that because you have to immediately kind of rip up your on the whistle piece and start again. I'd done this kind of great analysis, or in my mind, it was great analysis piece. So I'd finished on about 80 minutes about how good Spurs look going forward, about how you know, United and Liverpool would be watching with, with 
trepidation. Sorry, City and Liverpool would be watching with, with trepidation mm. about how the midfield really worked. It was just an overwhelmingly positive piece, and I basically had to rip up everything and start again <laughs> and say how mentally fragile Spurs were and et cetera, et cetera. So I just kind of watched it with this kind of um, sort of grim feeling that the next 10 minutes were going to be horrible in, in more ways than one. Mm. I can't wait to get... I really am quite keen to get into that as well because I think there's a really interesting discussion to be had around the idea of um, the starting eleven being really fit for purpose and then once things sort of unfurl from there it gets a little bit ropey and a little bit dicey but we'll come on to it Jude what about you where were you uh, at that time and how did you experience it is there going to be security camera footage of you somewhere <laughs> losing your rag going absolutely bananas <laughs> no none of that this time I don't think um, I was just watching it with a few friends so obviously they didn't make it much better yeah at, uh, at the final whistle just on the feeling I've just I've been trying to think of something that is sort of remotely like it. And all I can think of is that it's sort of like being dumped by someone by text when you had no idea anything was wrong. <laughs> Blindsided. Yeah. So I was like really enjoying myself and thinking this is all right. Obviously, second half went a little downhill. And then mm. suddenly just like that last shot that was just out of out of nothing. It was absolute worldy. Mm. Um, I was just, just left with that awful feeling in your, in your gut. And it's yeah. just... Um, yeah, what, I just had to what did get I do? out there. As soon, yeah, <laughs> just had to get out there as soon as I could. <laughs> People were like going to me, like, so Jude. And I was going, what do you mean? I can't explain it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. help you out here. But you know what? There's a, there's, a, there's a Friends episode where Phoebe gets broken up with. And she says, I tried to write a song about the breakup but i couldn't find anything that rhymed with <laughs> it's literally it in a nutshell i was sitting there after the game and i was like i can't actually describe the the feeling it's just so rubbish being so completely in control of the whole thing and also dan i'm assuming that in your analysis you probably went into the fact that at half time jose Mourinho took foot off the gas made the team a little bit more strategically and structurally sound just looked to parry West Ham a little bit and then hit him on the counter as well. Yeah, I mean, look, I think in some respects it was a completely inexplicable result. And in some respects it was reflective of what's going on in the wider Premier League and all these crazy scorelines that seem to be a, a symptom of the schedule and the absence of fans and the just generally weird alien conditions. But then I think another part of me was like, well, this is Spurs and West Ham and, and they kind of always serve up this this kind of game like it's not the first time this type of thing has happened mm. um and it's not even the first time under Mourinho that Spurs have nearly let a 3-0 lead slip against West Ham it was very similar to his first game and I think even the year before that under Pochettino Spurs were 3-0 up and and let them back into the game as well so it you did wonder whether it was a a, a symptom of the, the the situation and the conditions or whether it was just another mental Spurs West Ham game there'd, um there'd been three or no sorry there'd been four three two results between Spurs and West Ham in the last sort of four four or five years so we, we've really been asking for a thrill out of nowhere and it, like <laughs> what was it last season or Mourinho's first game of last season three nil up and out of absolutely nothing I know it was the last kick of game that they made it three two but really they were dead for for eighty five minutes in that game, and and th- yeah, we saw basically. Yeah, the same well, that's game. it. It really wasn't dissimilar to that. Mm, yeah. Uh, so, even though it felt somewhat inexplicable, I think 
it was kind of almost part of the course for these two clubs. And I also think, as, as you alluded to, Ben, there, there were kind of reasons for it from a Spurs point of view as well. That they definitely were excessively self-confident in the second half. I think they thought the game was rot one. I think Mourinho made mistakes. I don't think his changes were particularly good. And I don't think the team's approach in the second half was particularly good. And then there were individual errors to boot, you know, the free kicks and, and obviously Sanchez. So it was hard to, to fathom immediately afterwards. But I think with, with a now the dust has settled with, with a bit of time to reflect, there, there were reasons for it and there were errors on Spurs' part, definitely. So let's make it nice and easy. To We'll do the good is the first half, the bad is the second half, the beautiful, we'll talk about some in individual performances from Spurs players and then the ugly, the individual performances of the players that maybe got it a little bit wrong. So that first half, Jude, was probably, or at least the first 20 minutes, is as good as I've seen a Spurs side play in the last two, three years, if not a little bit more. Um, just break it down for me. What were your thoughts on that opening 20 minutes? Um, yeah, they were they were properly on it in that first, definitely in that first 10 where they were 2-0 up already. And then... Mm. We got the goal about six minutes later. Sorry, I'm having to go from like zero to a hundred to be positive here. Um, and I'm fine. <laughs> it's very difficult um, to do. I tried, yeah. Do you know what I tried to do today, um, dude? I tried to watch the highlights, but only the first 75 minutes. <laughs> 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 How tragic is that? If you want to hear something really tragic, I've, I've got a mate who I'm in a WhatsApp group with. It's a Spurs WhatsApp group. Um, and he announced before the game that he was going to, do what people occasionally do, completely turn off all social and watch it on match of the day because he happened to be out in the <laughs> afternoon. Oh, no. so, so the whole group afterwards just consoled themselves for the fact that, oh, well, um, Elliot's going to watch this on match of the day. Sorry, <laughs> sorry Elliot. That's... Uh, and then he was just kind of re-added yeah. on Sunday morning. Um, yeah. oh, sorry about that, mate. Comes in swearing. <laughs> That's um... awful. Yeah, just like the way they play in the first half, they were um, they were good at setting traps for West Ham. I felt um, I know the first goal was sort of a big long ball over a high line, but they seemed to uh, to nip the ball in good areas and then in transition they were really really quick. Mm. Um, and yeah, if they've got Kane and Son up front linking up like that, they're gonna be. They're going to be tough for anyone playing against them. So those you are... do have to enjoy that pass. Like yeah. it was such a good pass. It was yeah, it was a ridiculous pass. And I know we've sort of known it for a while that he that he does that thing pretty regularly. It's sort of becoming um, wider knowledge now because he's got five goals and seven assists for the year already, which is like <laughs> the assist is already his joint best for a season, I think, in the Prem, which is just outrageous. We've uh, we've um, moved on, haven't we? It was once high right back, and now it's. Kane drops deep, which is a much more effective tactic, I have to say, than high right back. <laughs> but Kane dropping into the 10 roll, his passing range is absolutely ridiculous. It's obscene. Like, it, isn't it? Honestly, it's, it's sickening watching a player who can also smash the ball in from pretty much everywhere on the pitch be that good at passing. It's, uh, yeah, I'm just glad we get to watch it. We, we were getting the whole repertoire, weren't we, Hunter? We literally got everything you could have possibly wanted, really, from Harry Kane, with the exception of a hat trick. I think yeah, I think people are sort of pointing out that he he made that block just before half time, sort of you know back in the area. He he was every ball from a corner. He seemed to be heading away from a West Ham corner. Um, and then yeah, at the other end of the pitch, a little a little nutmeg against Declan Rice, and oh, then that was lovely. And then you know that <laughs> came oh. that came finish that we've seen hundreds of times where he just sort of as soon as he lines that up 
on the, on the edge of the area, I'm 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 like this is going in. If he gets a nice big swing at it, if he's not if yeah, he's not yeah. snatching at it, uh, yeah, I'm always. And it also doesn't. It's not like it's it screams into the top corner. It just beautifully bounces in, keeper no chance, just far enough away from him that he's not going to get near it. Cross his body. Yeah, he did. He basically had one a couple. He had a couple of shots like that where I think. Um, he had one where Fabianski had to get down to it and he should have played Son yeah. in. But but really, it was just like he could just... It was one of those days you felt like the more shots he took, the better. Just keep shooting, mate. You, you know, <laughs> you're bound for these to go in and then, you know, and then whatever happened, happened. And there, there was a point, I think it was 0-2-0-3, where Omri was clearly the best player in the world and he got the Premier League assist record as well as scoring loads of goals, which I think De Bruyne has now matched... And Kane is, is properly at that point now where he's going to be, if he stays fit, this is all with that caveat, but he's going to be one of the top scorers in the league and he's probably going to finish with the most assists or he's going to be up there as well. It's, it's just insane how good he is at the moment. Mm. He's, he's probably if... the, the biggest attacking threat and one of the most creative players in the league at once. And I can't really remember anyone since Henri in, in those couple of years who, who can say that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's really good to watch at the moment. Dan, anything else in the first half that you were like, do you know what, this is just great to watch? I mean, Ndombele was really fun to watch, I thought, in the first half. Mm. Uh, it, it was all about Kane and Son, really. I thought all three goals were just such good goals. They were just quality goals. Um, all three of them just well-crafted. There was so much to enjoy in, in all three of them. But... The midfield was was really working well. I mean, Sissoko was was kind of doing his thing, and Hoiberg was doing his thing, and either side of Ndombele, who was just it was just fun to to watch him. Like he was oh, God, that just doing Ndombele things, mm. and and he was also getting stuck in, and you could tell that he was just enjoying his football. And I think if it wasn't for the general craziness and for Kane and Son, um, and Bale returning, then he would be the story of the season by mm. far. Yeah. Um, it's kind of just for other factors that he's not yeah I would say I think Reg- Regilon de- deserves a shout out as well I thought he was absolutely excellent uh, in that first half especially but defensively as well you know his, his cross for that Kane the Kane, Kane second goal was perfect and it's something mm. I have not I've, I'm still to get used to as a fullback who can cross oh you're cons- going to mock gentle cons- Ben aren't consistently. you <laughs> Gen- gentle Ben had a, a, a surprisingly ungentle cross as well I'll say in that he over he almost certainly always overhit it or I became very used to him are you forgetting four it. assists in two games from gentle Ben sure look he's up he's certainly had some crossing training with with Regilon but um <laughs> but yeah I just thought it was brilliant and I, it's such a it's such an asset to have a, a wing back who's that quick, um, and he is he is that quick. Like seeing him, his recover his recoveries were part of the reason we could deal with West Ham's uh, wing backs. He made he can just he can eat fifty yards up to get get across so so quickly, um, which I think is going to be vital. And I thought it was brilliant. Let's do the let's do the second half then. Let's do the bad bits and let's probably steer clear of the individual bits that we didn't like. So we'll do that in the ugly, but. From a sort of strategic point of view, Dan, what were you looking at and thinking, do you know what, that doesn't sit hugely well with me? It was just really passive and there was a interview from Declan Rice on the West Ham website that I picked up for the paper in the morning where 
he just sort of said we you know we felt like toward the end of the first half that we could get back in the game and we said at half time if we get a goal we're well in this because Spurs had started sitting off us and and that was absolutely right it just it just felt like at 3-0 Spurs thought it was game over and yeah yeah I think nine times out of ten they would have been right but the problem is this is a big game for West Ham we know that and and as I've alluded to these clubs tend to produce kind of crazy scorelines so it was really frustrating that Spurs didn't go for the jugular and try and score six again like they did against United it it was just a different attitude to to the United game where you felt like Spurs were going to keep going for it and and be relentless and and make United suffer I think against West Ham the attitude was more okay we've done this it's in the bag now let's conserve energy maybe that was a with the Europa League game in mind because United they were going into an international break I don't know if that was affected the mindset but it, it just felt like there was a different mentality there and West Ham obviously sensed that. Um, and as soon as they got one goal, um, I think they sensed that it was too late for Spurs to kind of switch it back on, effectively. And, and they, it was them that went for the jugular. And, and as I said, nine times out of ten, Spurs would have got away with it. It really was a kind of one in a hundred effort from Lanzini. But you know, these things happen if you, if you kind of switch off and, and, and go into kind of passive mode. Mm. Yes, spot on, basically, isn't it? There, there, there were moments where, like, the ball would get ferried out to Aurier, and he'd stand stand on it for ten, fifteen seconds. Not, not, not even he'd turn back, take a touch, and stand still, and then he'd play it to Sissoko, and he'd do the same thing. And you sort of felt like, guys, this is this isn't enough because we've never had the players, and these are the same players who have never been able to manage a game, well, not not effectively manage a game. So. Yeah, it was that thing of clearly they had been told slow slow the game down. You know, we'll, we'll sit in when we don't have the ball. They can just have possession. Um, but you know, th- we're talk- West Ham were our team in form. They've come into this game with a lot of confidence. I think so. I think it was maybe not not naive, but yeah, maybe a bit arrogant to just suggest that there's no way they could possibly break down an incredibly shaky centre back pairing <laughs> of uh, <laughs> and. You know, I think Mourinho's going to learn more about the team over over time and and what he can and can't do. I don't think that he'll take too much from this. He'll see it as a freak rather than a rather than a sort of we we can't do that play like that in the future. But you know, I'm with Dan. I would have liked to have seen. I think if we carried on playing the same way, West Ham don't get anywhere near to coming back in. I have to say. Am I, am I doing the defence a disservice, Jude, when I say that it was? starkly obvious just how much better our attack is than our defence or um, or is it actually like a little bit more that we've got players that are world class in the forward line and maybe the defence is just slightly lesser well I mean if you could if you could give Harry like some players who even like half his ability in defence <laughs> then we probably would have won that game um, the, I, I can't get over how these uh these these crosses or these these weak free kicks we seem to be giving away and now it's becoming a pattern like it happened against Everton. That's a really good uh, point. And Newcastle as well. They keep giving away these silly little free kicks and then they don't. They just they just can't clear them properly. Um, obviously that Lanzini goal is like a freak of nature. Um, oh, that guy he's he fucking he loves the Spurs. He game loved as well. it. Yeah, he, he loved it. Yeah, he did. So, he's so like that rat needs to like just get out. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be binned off somewhere because I can't 
I can't have him just coming in yeah, and then scoring one experience. goal a season and it I being against say, Spurs. It's <laughs> such a swing. For me, I know it's an amazing goal, but it's such a swinger. No, you can't take oh, away from it because he means for it to go in the goal and that's it. Uh, 100%. Kicks the ball to <laughs> 100%. But it's like, it's like Dan said, it's, there are 99 times out of 100. Mm. For it to be postage like that is just... Like, yeah, it, it kills you seeing I, that go in at that game at that time. I wish he could have done it like Mandzukic do it like to make it f- four one. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Not, yeah. not do it at three two in the ninety fourth minute. So off just the for them, it, it was so that perfect chart. that it kind of hit the stanchion, yeah, came it down. Yeah. It, was, it was almost a split second as well. We thought it hadn't gone over the line. Like, oh, I suppose can clear this. Yeah. It just couldn't have been better for them really in terms of the way it happened. But 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 Jude, you're absolutely right. Up to that point, it's it's. It's errors and it's minor errors that lead to leading to goals and individual mistakes. Like the fact, and in ways arrogance, like the fact that Sissoko doesn't feel like he needs to go and challenge for the ball. That's worrying. A player of his age and experience not jumping to win a header in the area. Aurier still not learning that you can't just go through the back of a player, whether you win the ball or not. You can't just dive in, you know, especially in those areas where we've been losing, losing possession. Players refusing to, um, just clear their lines. That 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 is a especially at that point in the game. I think the the Aurier free kick that he gives away for the second is it the second goal or the first goal? Anyway, the the free kick he gives away that leads to Lanzini goal. The first touch he takes before giving giving the free kick away should just be a massive boot. No. Out of, but it should, it should oh. be clear your lines. There's thirty you know thirty seconds left. But he takes a touch, then the guy gets round him, and then he. It's that thing that top defenders say they don't do. If you make the first mistake, make sure you never make the second mistake. And what Aurier is, I mean, it was the very worst of him, uh, mm. I'd say. Just jockey, mm. just jockey. Mm. You don't need to do it. Partic- I think, Jude, your point about not learning is the kicker, isn't it? It's like it's literally happened to us three weeks ago mm. against Newcastle. Yeah. yeah, I think the Newcastle one was a little weird as well. Like I've seen clips of it before and it didn't really look like a foul but it got given um, no nah, that was never a foul i have to say hainsey yeah. that was never a foul in a million years but like even but so it, it's like it's like I'm, the same sort of angle that these free kicks are being delivered from and can, can, it's resulted in like three uh, goals but, but even so it, it's like a maturity thing where you don't even give yeah. the referee an option to no i'm not having that you. one the newcastle one you gotta go and watch it again guys he literally I mean, yeah, throws I, 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 he throws himself that one was i can't i can't remember yeah i can't i actually can't it, remember. it was, was it hoiberg yeah, like, yeah it was yeah, yeah. he got I thrown over by joel yeah. Yeah. but the Fair point enough. is is that we 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 lauded lamella for being smart enough to get martial sent off mm. equally we now need to look and, and say Aurier that in that situation he was just not intelligent enough. Right. And what what even though it was a, a, an awful like an awful decision, a decision, the fact is we conceded from that. So you know you need to be like on job and not like messing around at that point of that game. Like just be just be a little bit sharper, a little bit smarter. And I think Doherty is. I think Doherty in that situation doesn't make that error. And I, again, if it's a little bit critical to, to single out an individual because there's a million different takes and opinions on the the individuals that are responsible. But I just it, it pains me to think that at three two you're giving away an opportunity for the opposition to come twenty yards into your half and swing one into the box, and they've got a lot of physical and and mm. tall players. I think it's um, worrying though that on, Mourinho doesn't pick didn't doesn't pick Doherty. 
Is it? He played three times so, for Ireland in the break. There you go. That's why I didn't pick. Yeah, I think he would. I think he would have picked. Obviously, <laughs> albeit Aurier played well at United, but I yeah, think he yeah. would have done. It's probably just a fatigue thing. I mean, I yeah. think we we kind of know what Aurier can do now. We didn't learn anything new about him mm. on Sunday. I think if Spurs are playing a back three, which could happen, and you know you put Davis in there, for instance, with the two of them, yeah. then I'd be fine with Aurier being on the right and Agreed. Regulon being on the left. But in, in a four, we've known forever that he's prone to that kind of error. Mm. Okay, beautiful bits. Mm. And this is a really interesting question, and I'm desperate to know all of your opinions on this because I'm sure there'll be a split here. Gareth Bale's return, both beautiful and ugly, um... Is there any part of you that was sitting there like, oh, not just yet? Or like, why did he bring him on just then? Because for me, I was completely wrapped up in the story. And annoyingly, I think people have almost middle stumped me by saying like, yeah, you were wrapped up in the story and bringing Gareth Bale on was part of the story. You know, he didn't have to come on there. I think it's easy to say with hindsight, but I do think with hindsight, the Bale sideshow contributed to what happened at the end. I think it was a bit of a distraction. It was a, another kind of show of, of hubris, really. I mean, bringing him on. Look, it was a show of strength. You know, look what we can do. We can put Bale on when we're 3-0 up and we're cruising here. And there was almost kind of too much emphasis, I guess, on that front three for, for 10 minutes and how glorious it was. And I think really... Maybe even Mourinho got caught up in it as well because, you know, if we're being honest, Mourinho is a conservative coach first and foremost. And again, it's so easy with hindsight, but, you know, why not put Ben Davis on and go to a back five and just see it out for 20 minutes? I mean, that would have probably secured the points. But yeah, you know, Spurs had gone on to win 3 0 and Bale had got 20 minutes in his legs and we'd all be saying, great, you know, bring on. Lask on Thursday, so it it is just one of those that you can look back on. But given what happened, uh, you know, I do think that it was probably a bit of a distraction. It's a really weird thing that, um, like, if say Bale was going to be like the third sub instead of I can't remember which one. I think he might have been the first player brought on. Him yeah, and Winks came on together. Yeah, but if like um, if it had just gone to three one or something like that, we had made we had made all our subs in that game, so. Mourinho was a little bit hamstrung, wasn't he? All he could really do was just sort of watch it all unfold. Mm. Um, and if it had been 3-1, there's no doubt that... I don't think there's any doubt that someone like Ben Davis might have come on. Um, yeah. Yeah, just really so, strange. So, so basically, agreeing with what Dan says there, a bit of arrogance in that we're 3-0 up, we're going to bring on this superstar, look at us. And that all that seemed to do was spur on West Ham to be like, <laughs> yeah, right, dude, okay, well, we're going to come out and we're going to try and... Drag this back. Um, yeah. I, I, I think what what you both said is true. I think hindsight's twenty twenty. We can say, but we were three 0 up. Uh, we were under some pressure, but we were going to carry on playing the same way. So why not bring on one of the best players, you know, in running in behind in the world and carry on trying to get in behind on a counter attack? Um, you know, hindsight. Maybe we should have brought on even. I thought Harry Kane looked done at about. 70 minutes because he'd run himself so hard um and I thought why not bring on the young guy the big young guy and let him have a (laughs) 
a, a charge round for 20 minutes, you know, put some pressure on the, the midfield too, who by the end, Rice and Suchek were just sort of running the game. We weren't getting anywhere yeah. near them. Um, but this is all hindsight. I wanted, when he came on, I was really excited and, you know, just if he scores, if he scores, when he, like, I think the thing that I'll take from it is that he picked up the ball 80 yards from the opponent's goal, ran the length of the field, still had enough in the tank to drift through two challenges, and then, but for a little nudge that he gets from Yarmolenko, he feeds that into the feeds that into the corner. I still think he should have gone to the other side. Mm. Um, but if that goes in. We're all now sitting here saying Spurs are going to win the league. Oh my God, we've got Gareth Bale. It's the fine margins, isn't it? It's the it's the difference between you now going away and being like, watch out Liverpool, watch out Man City, mm. um, and us now and sitting look, here with maybe just a little asterisk again. <laughs> and you and you um, will have noticed this, I'm sure, Ben. But like being in the stadium for his return was a good moment, but it was one of those moments where. You, you really, really miss fans. Like it would have been oh, really something oh. to bring Bale on at three and up against West Ham with a full stadium. Mm. And when he came on and immediately stood over the free kick, honestly, you could feel the, the tension just in the press box, <laughs> mm. just from people yeah. thinking, oh my God, imagine if he, he slams this into the top court. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like everyone yeah. just, and I can't imagine what it would have been like with, with kind of 60 Five thousand fans, um, all feeling the same thing. It, it was, it was really a game. You know, uh, likewise, the West Ham fans who had stayed, you know, it would have been limbs at the end mm, for them. Yeah, so goodness. it was really a game. To, and again, when Spurs scored the third goal, I can't imagine the atmosphere in the stadium for kind of sixty-five minutes would have been special yeah. as well. So it, it was really a game to, to mourn the absence of fans. I thought, yeah. One thing I do just want to pick up on Gareth Bale, and I don't know if this came across on TV because I haven't watched it back properly, but did you notice, Dan, that he was absolutely smoked? Like, he literally was burnt out after that after that run. That he that he clearly is fit, but he's mm. not match sharp. That he's I didn't, so I probably had my head buried in my laptop at this point, <laughs> trying to write my piece about Spurs winning the title. But, <laughs> so he was, um, he was blowing. On he TV it came across, ain't he? They, the camera right. stayed with him after the miss, and he looked... Knackered, <laughs> yeah, he was like huffing big time. But yeah, that, that part of that sort of, I was like, that's Bale when he's sort of way off it. That's what I thought. He's just run eighty yards and he's put it round two Premier League defenders and got through. And I was like, you know, it's gonna take time. We knew we were getting a player who hadn't played properly for months. We knew what we were sort of signing up for. And and plus, the fitness team at Spurs have said the same thing that he's gonna take time. Like he's fit. The man can play football. But it don't expect, don't expect yeah. like a starter every week. And so, yeah, that glimpse was enough for me to think, brilliant, great to have him back. And oh, that yeah, you know, the miss hurt. But even even then, at that point, I was like, well, there's only two minutes to go, or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally no two chance. minutes. Yeah. God. So. Right. Let's do the ugly bits. So there's there's three things that I want to pick out here, and I want to get your takes on it because I think it'd be easy to overreact about any one of them individually. So Sanchez for the, for the own goal, which I thought was a bit unlucky. Um, I also think uh, potentially you're looking at Sissoko and Sanchez on the defending from the free kick. I also think you might be looking at Lucas Moura for, for his part that he played um, with the ball down the left-hand side where he just sort of gently turned around and left the runner go off his shoulder. And then finally... (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> like, finally, <laughs> Harry Winks. Sorry, I shouted well. that at my dad. As what, he went round him, I went, you can't just let him run. And he just let him run. Just, and I was, he just sort I of turned and was like, oh. <laughs> anyway, we'll get into no. it. Oh, God, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and, then, and then Harry Winks, who I actually feel the most amount of sympathy for, and I probably should have the least amount of sympathy for, because everyone is raging about the fact that he tried to take this weird half controlled touch half clearance and not really do anything with it when everything every fiber of your being is saying just blast that harry just Mm. smash it away and i think if i was going to be hypercritical i think there is a touch of the pochettino fibers still running through him (laughs) do you know what i mean he's not like there is still an element of him trying to do just a little bit too much. So feel free to go hippie free for all here. Were there any of those in particular that you thought jumped ahead of any others? I, think I mean, I'll take Sanchez because yeah. I do think long before the own goal, I picked him out as the weak link in not just in the defense, but in the whole team. Um, I think he had a really bad afternoon. He hasn't had many good afternoons, which is, which is the problem, I think. And he doesn't look at all comfortable playing on the left side of the centre-backs. Um, he's really shaky at clearing crosses from the right. So it actually wasn't a huge surprise that the end goal came the way it did because he just doesn't look comfortable clearing anything with his left foot, which obviously you have to do from that side if, if the cross um, is, is coming from um, the right. So it wasn't a great surprise that he kind of was a bit out of position and went for it with his head. Um, and it ended up in the back of my net. Again, it was nine times out of ten, you probably get away with that. But it, he was an accident waiting to happen, I think. And I, I do think, you know, I do think Mourinho is going to bin him off eventually. I mean, it's it's an odd situation where, you know, Mourinho picks him out as the weak link in the Europa League final in 2017 for, for Ajax and you know, picks him out as the player to target. And then, you know, a few years down the line, ends up kind of having to rely on him as one of his... His key defenders. I don't think like that's a situation that Mourinho's loving. Um, he's not great on the ball, and he's just he gets out of jail a lot. I think with his one-on-one defending, which isn't bad, but I think he, he just hasn't improved enough. So I, I do suspect um, that he'll kind of gradually slip out of contention, and maybe Roden, if Mourinho likes him, um, could kind of compete with Dyer and and Alderville to play there. It'd be an incredible situation, wouldn't it, if we were in January, still in with a shout at the top, if we're still in and around those places at the top of the table. And once again, we're left with a really clear foundation of knowledge that one or two signings could make the difference to see whether to see whether the club do it this time. Because it's, it's, so, it's so abundantly obvious where, where we mm. need to strengthen, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, someone said on Twitter that Spurs feel a bit Liverpool pre-Van Dyke, which I think is um, something I agree with. You know, it mm. does feel like if you were to add a, a really top-class centre-back into the squad now, then that would be the, the final piece of the puzzle that you know, Mourinho's talked about. Mm. Does that exist, though, Dan, do you think? Does that, that Van Dyke-esque centre-back exist at the moment? Well, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Spurs quite like the look of Skriniar, mm. But he was overpriced. I know they really liked Ruben Diaz, but they were never going to be able to compete with City. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious that that's where Mourinho wants to upgrade. I mean, mm. It's it's no secret that he'll try, to, he'll try and do that. And I don't know. I, I guess that 
in January they will, you know, speak to George Mendes and yeah, um, <laughs> you know, look around and, and see who's available and see what can be done. And as Hangey says, particularly if if it's looking good in the Europa League or Premier League or or, or FA Cup yeah. at that point, then um, then yeah, it will be really interesting to see if if um, if they go for it. I saw someone make quite an interesting point about Sanchez. It's like in this in this current market state you know swaps and swap deals are, are more and more popular and using him as a make weight becomes now i think quite a good option for us because he's mm. still quite young um uh, he's just not improving and when we signed him he played in a three with Ordovarad and Vertonghen and you thought oh he looks quite decent but i think that was sort of papered over by the fact that he didn't do have to do much passing he wasn't on the ball that much and we basically used him as a as a right back to to cover that space which is brilliant at that's that's where he's at his, his strongest ways you know he's going one and one in those sort of battles um now that he's on the ball especially on his left foot he doesn't look comfortable on his right foot and you used to see it last year teams would sort of press our front line and allow him possession so that he'd know he'd play an overhit ball basically just, just that hunter yeah do you remember they were pressing him onto his left foot yeah yeah i mean it does feel like we're sort of it's kind of harsh the guy's never been good at it and he's sort of being asked to to sort of step in and do that i i, I don't think there's i don't see, i haven't seen the improvement that that i think well certainly i expected and spurs obviously expected it as well he just seems to be uh, he's he's just leveling out isn't he is that he just seems like quite a mediocre uh centre-back who might work in a three but I mean it asked me do I think he's much better than Juan Foyt who we've let go no I don't think he's much better than Juan Foyt the, prob- the problem is I guess is that Spurs mainly now have centre-backs almost all of them I would say look better in a three and I'm including Ben Davis in that yeah. I would think Alderville given his slight decrease in mobility in the last few years is probably better in a three I think Dyer definitely is I think Sanchez is so you wonder how often Mourinho will use that. The problem with it is, I think now, there's six players in the, who you want in the team if they're fit. The Celso, Hoiberg, Ndombele, Bale, Son, Kane, mm. and possibly Bergwijn or Lamella, depending on the, the opposition. So it really feels like we'd lose something in, in the front six by, by going to that system. So it kind of Mourinho's back to that kind of blanket that if he pulls up too high he gets cold feet and if he you know, pulls it over his feet he gets a cold neck or whatever cold you know nipples. we're sort of back to, to balancing it out um do, which is why a, a center really top quality center back would make such a big difference do we think we'll see ben davis in, in a back four ever as a center back a left-sided center back i think he's i it's been mooted hasn't it but mm. there's never been any suggestion from Mourinho that he so, thinks that's an option. Mm. You know, I still think Ben Davis is the the backup so, left back, and you do need two left backs mm. you know, when you when you're playing the Europa League. So I, I I can't see it, but I could definitely see him being the kind of first pick at left centre half in, in a three. Mm. It's worked. It's worked for Wales. You know, <laughs> you know what was really tough seeing is is um, conceding from free kicks and corners and, and just lumps into the box. That's where you're looking at your centre backs and being that guy's. This is the this is the bit where you should just gobble it up. Do you know what I mean? And seeing seeing mm. particularly the the header to make it three one, mm. just felt like it gave West Ham like it opened the door ajar, didn't it? Suddenly it was like oh, maybe maybe if everything goes their way and you get a couple of rubs of the green, perhaps they come back into it. And and I, I'm I'm amazed. Well, I'm not amazed, but I'm, I think for Jose Mourinho, the type of coach that he is. 
that will sit really, really uncomfortably with him. And that'd be something that he'd be looking to rectify very, very quickly. And I suppose that's one good thing that we have got, is that we now go and play Lask on Thursday. And I've got a game where you can try and put things right immediately mm. at home as well. So not a lot of travel. Um, mm. Who are you looking forward to seeing, Jude, on Thursday? Well, Bale might get a few more minutes. I mean, <laughs> it'd be nice if Winks could have a good game after what after what happened. <laughs> um, probably Carlos Vinicius, to be honest. A player I haven't yep. seen much of at all, apart from um, Welcome to Tottenham, YouTube <laughs> compilations, that sort of thing. So yeah, that'd be yeah probably him, I'd say. I, th- I think the sooner the sooner we can start betting in Joe Roden, if he's not going to go out on loan, the sooner we can start betting. You can't play in the opening. Yeah, he's he's yeah he was a bit too late in signing. It was too late for the sign. Well, not Joe he Roden. Did though. Train, though. <laughs> he did train though. The good thing yeah. is that he did train with the team. So they did a mini session off the back of full time. Yeah, and he was in the training group. So well, look, look I think I think the sooner you start betting him into squad the better because there's there's not a massive golfing class between our centre backs now. There's not like oh it wasn't like four years ago when it was like all of our Vertonghen it's not even a question. It's now it's now, you know it might be Dyer, it might be Sanchez, it might be Alderweireld. They all sort of at similar levels, to be quite honest with you. And Alderweireld losing the the yard of pace like he currently is. I think this season we're seeing it sort of worse than last season, almost in a, not in as dramatic a style as Vertonghen, but definitely more noticeable. I think there's just a, there's a gap, and if it, you know, a lot of people have been saying, you know, give Dyer time, he can become that. But I think it's great Joe Roden in there you know I've heard so many positive things said about him obviously not playing at, at this level but be intre- he's very combative by the sound of it and you know if you want someone to be winning headers in the area which at the moment none of our centre-backs are doing uh, yeah I think it'd be nice to start seeing him sort of on the bench or in for certain match day squads I think Lacelso also trained. Yeah, Delhi was training as well. Lacelso mm. was was in the the sort of six seven aside that they did, wasn't he, Dan? I think so. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think the, the good thing about Thursday is that we have a free weekend, so it's Burnley's not till Monday. Actually, if Mourinho wants to give some of the guys that didn't cover themselves in glory in the second half, you know, a chance to put it right, then he can. Mm. He can go completely full strength without too many concerns. Um, I mean, I think, as Jude says, I'd like to see Delhi. I think the only way, you know, as 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 Mourinho has made quite clear, he's not a good trainer, apparently. So the only way he gets back in is by you know, doing it on the pitch and he needs opportunities. And, you know, so I would like to see him given the chance. Mm. I think I'd quite like to see Lo Celso and Ndombele because we just haven't had a chance to see them in tandem yet. Mm. Uh, I'm not really got a clear idea of how that, that would work because one of them always seems to be injured or or rested. Um so a kind of midfield three of you know including or midfield four including those three um I think would be something I'd, I'd like to see from the start. Um but then I guess there's got to be a bit of bit of rotation and yeah Bale and Vinicius up front would be um would be interesting. Kane with his legs up that's what I'd like to see. But it doesn't seem that, I mean, the man just wants to score goals. Literally, every, every single day, the man just wants to score goals. So, but really, he just, come on, it's Lask. Lads, it's Lask. Lads, it's Lask. Lads, it's Lask. <laughs> just, just to finish up, I do want to know, like, did, now that the dust has settled, like Dan said, is it as doom and gloom as you felt? Or do you still feel like you can 
loop Spurs in with the other group of teams that are pushing for the title. Hunter, I'll throw you under the bus and come to you first here. I, 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 look, it's going to be open this season. Uh, I think, you know, a lot's been said about Virgil van Dijk's injury this week, but obviously that damages Liverpool to no end. We saw them before Dijk, as, as Dan said. They looked like us. They looked, they looked shaky at the back and uh, brilliant going forward. And I think... You know, what are we, with what, five, six points off the top, you can make, you know, it's five games in, we're, we're still absolutely in it, there's no there's no way we're out of it, and I was so, I have to say, watching City play Arsenal at the weekend, I just, all I kept thinking was, they, neither of these teams are world beaters anymore, City, I think if Arsenal would come out and try to push City a little bit harder in the second half, I think they could have got something there, and all... You know, they're a team in transition, especially at the back. Uh, Liverpool have lost their main centre-back. Arsenal, you know, are no better than... Chelsea are still, you know, conceding three like us. Like It's wide open. Uh, so, yeah, we're still in it for me. Jude? Um, I hate throwing Spurs into title conversations. Because <laughs> nothing good ever comes of it. Like, uh, I think people started talking it up 18-19 uh, when we'd had a an amazing start and we were at home to Wolves and um, yeah was we lost Christmas yeah that was around Christmas time yeah. and it was sort of like the day before they're there for the title the day after nah <laughs> no, that was never on um, Jamie Carragher did that didn't he yeah, yeah. Dude, Jamie Carragher yeah. talked us up I don't think Spurs are any or you know have performed any worse than the teams around them like Hunter yeah. says but it's just that as soon as you put Tottenham and title in the same yeah. sentence Bad juju happens. I've done, I've done that many times yeah. this week. Just... I'm afraid. Um, I agree. I agree with Hunter. I think there were more positives than negatives from Sunday. Definitely. I think I disagree with Hunter in that I don't think Mourinho will take it as a kind of freak result that you can't learn anything from. I think it was a proper lesson, and I know that that's always what players say in the mix zone. You know, we'll learn from this, blah blah blah. But I do think it was a genuine kind of lesson that Spurs don't, you know, they can't afford to have that arrogance yet. They're not, they're not there yet. And I think they will take something from it. So I think, I honestly think any team that put, that can sort it out defensively and can put together a kind of a really solid run of, you know, 10, 11 wins in, 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 you know, 14, 15 games, something like that. I think any team that does that is going to be in with a great shout of winning the title. And, and Spurs are definitely capable of that given the way Kane and Son are playing, and if, and if you, yeah, if you add Bale and a fit Lacelso and Dombele to the mix, I mean, it is really exciting. So, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely put them in the mix, but um, every everyone, Spurs included, just got to sort it out defensively, mm. basically. And just to end on a high, it looks like Son's going to sign his new contract in the, th- this oh. week, which is lovely, right? Or today, oh, or the end of tomorrow. So, yeah, brilliant news. So, um, amazing one to tie down and. He deserves all that bloody money. Probably not, yeah, but there you go. <laughs> well, well, look, it's a nice positive note to end on. Mm. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. If you have, please do leave us a rating and a review. And uh, we'll be back next week where hopefully Spurs have just banged Lask and then smashed Burnley and are ready to move towards the top of the table again. Um, yeah, do make sure that you subscribe if you haven't already and we'll see you all next time. Six 
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.